You're listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with your dating coach, Trip from TripAdvice.com. Do you struggle with getting girls to like you? You'll learn step-by-step how to talk to girls to create deep connections, whether it be for <laughs> one night of wild fun, a one-week fling. Are you currently involved in a sexual relationship? Or for a lifelong partner. Full of long-lasting pleasure. Here's your host, Trip. Hey, welcome to the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip from tripadvice.com. Big welcome to you listening to this podcast, learning about how to talk to girls. And if you want to get more information on how to talk to girls, go to tripadvice.com slash podcast dash gift. That is correct. You are going to get a free gift from me for just listening to the podcast. And uh, if you haven't gotten already, well, you better do it because on that gift, you're going to witness one of my students doing an approach, talking to two girls, and I record it and then I break it down and tell you what he's doing right, what he's doing wrong. How is that going to help you? Hmm. Well, you're going to watch it. You're going to see what he's doing and then you can just copy it and you can understand how attraction works when you're talking to women live during the day. So again, check that out, tripadvice.com slash podcast dash gift. And if you have a question that you want answered on the podcast, go ahead and email me, trip at tripadvice.com, put in the subject line podcast question, and we'll answer it here live on the podcast. You can also call the How to Talk to Girls hotline, 323-432-0025. So call in, leave a message, we'll play it here, run the podcast, and we'll answer it for you. I love getting these voicemails. Okay, so today, we have a very special guest. Her name is Laura Yates, and she is from lauryates.org. She is a breakup coach. She's a breakup healer. So if you're going through a really bad breakup right now, and uh, you might be because you're listening to this episode, well then fear not because Laura has some amazing practical tips that will help you get over your breakup and become the new you. She's a sweet British girl with some of the best advice I've ever heard on getting over a breakup. And so without further ado, let's not wait a second longer. Here's my interview with Miss Laura Yates. Hey, Laura, what's going on? Good to have you here. Hi, Trip. I'm really pleased to be here. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? Yes, great, great. This is yes. very interesting because we're going to be talking about some breakup stuff today. Mm-hmm. And you are the very first, uh, I, it sounds weird to say breakup expert, but I guess that's pretty much what you are. Or would you say breakup healer? What's like your title? Um, I call myself a breakup coach, but yeah, I think a healer is a good word. Um, because a huge part of what I do is really helping people heal from their heartbreak. So how did you get into all this? Like, how did this all start? How does someone, you know, because this is a very, this is a very deep topic breakups and, Mm. and they're, and they're very painful. And so you have to surround yourself by this a lot. And I can imagine that being very tough. So what got you into this? Tell me the story. Well, it was a result of my own experience, really. So I was um, I was coaching before. I was doing much more um, personal development coaching. But the reason why I started doing work in this very specific niche, which is quite unusual, um, is because, you know, like most people my age, I'm 32 now. And at 30, 30, 31, I went through a really tough breakup. And it absolutely floored me. And I had been through a couple of other breakups before, which were which were very hard. But this one, this one really, really got me. And so as I went through 
through this experience and I really witnessed the impact that it had on me, which was both good and bad, I discovered that I really wanted to find a personal approach that could help other people through breakups. Um, something that really bridges the gap between, you know, your supportive friend or your family who might not give you the advice that you want or need. <laughs> they perhaps tell you what you want to hear. Um, and then, then all of these articles that are out there on the internet, which there are some fantastic articles out there on how to get over your breakup and how to heal and all of that. But, you know, when you're going through this emo emotional turmoil, which is like a real roller coaster, um, it can be very, very hard to put that type of advice into use and put it to practice. Um, and what what was, have you seen? I'm curious. Like, What have you seen on the internet where you're like, oh, this is just terrible. Like, this is the worst advice. <laughs> yeah, there's a few of those as well. I think the classic one, like time is a healer. And it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's meant to, you know, things are meant to happen the way they're meant to happen, which both of those things are, I, I do believe they're true, but we, we really need something that's a little bit more practical than that. Yeah. You I can't, think. you can't do anything with that. You no. know, it, it's true. It's, it's sage advice, but yeah. you just, you're kind of like, oh, okay, great. Well, now I feel like hell. <laughs> I, I know, so, I'll just sit here and wait for six months and then see if I feel any better by the exactly, end of it. <laughs> exactly, It's passive, isn't it? It's too passive. So and I think because I was already coaching, I was very fortunate that I had a lot of um, tools, I suppose, at my disposal to really help pull myself through it. And But I really recognize that, uh, that, you know, quite a few people don't actually have that. And I was writing about my breakup um, very, very honestly, um, very open. And it really seemed to, to resonate with people. I mean, I didn't ever intend to actually start carve this niche for myself. Um, but as I was writing about it, it really seemed to, to strike a chord with people. And people would reach out to me and say, well, do you, you know, is this, is breakup coaching something that you offer as part of your service? And I thought, well, that's a clear indicator that there's a real need for this and just from people I'd spoken to before you know friends and people who I know who'd gone through breakups I think there is a tendency to think we, we trivialize it because well it's part of life we all go through it um, but it can actually really have quite a severe impact on you if you don't deal with it in a really healthy way particularly going into future relationships and you can get you know negative attitudes towards men women and so forth so yeah, I just thought, you know what, I think this is a really um, untapped area and there's a great need for it. So that's when my breakup coaching was born. <laughs> wow. Wow. Very interesting. I mean, it, it, that doesn't surprise me that it came out of a breakup and and as mm. well as it should, you know what I mean? It's like, if, if we want to hear healing advice from someone like you, well, we hope that you've been through it so you can so. totally understand what uh, would your clients go through? They want to know that you've been through it. It's it's part of it, you know? So you're saying that you can get out of a breakup and you can heal like almost in this wrong way in terms of, um, you know, maybe how you view women or how uh, women view men. I want to talk about that a little bit more. What have you seen that's been example maybe of someone healing the wrong way from a breakup okay i think let's take men for an example i mean i'm not going to generalize but i do work with a lot of guys um and i think the well, tendency that's okay because there's a lot of guys listening to this yeah that, well, that's why i thought we could use this as an let's example let's talk about so. the guys <laughs> so i think with guys you do have a bit of a tough time because you it, it's it, sometimes guys don't really know how to process their emotions 
And the tendency can be to really push them down um, because they're worried that their masculinity will be compromised or what will people think or that they don't really feel that they're able to go to their friends with those kind of emotional problems. Um, so what I see happen with a lot of guys is that they 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 push their emotions down, they, can, they ignore them and they go straight back into dating and they're, they're sort of, they're left with these very uh, negative attitudes towards women. Um, so perhaps they were cheated on in a, in a past relationship or that's why the breakup occurred. They get into this pattern of, well, every woman's like that. So then now I'm going to, in order to make myself feel better, I now need to go out there and be, be like that towards women. That's what, that's what can happen quite a lot. And I do get that comment from women who I coach and friends of women and friends, my friends who are women. And I've seen it myself where, where men, you know, we, we date these, they seem fantastic. They seem really together. And then all of a sudden after a few dates or after quite a short period of time, they just disappear or they freak out or, and, you know, it transpires that it's because they haven't actually dealt with all of those, that emotional stuff that's really gone on that has really stemmed from a past breakup or a past negative experience with a relationship and if you don't actually do do that healing work and work on yourself first I know that does sound very corny but it's very true you do have to bring the focus right back to you before you can begin to have meaningful relationships with other people um, and because I think guys, especially, they're not even aware of it sometimes. So that's why coaching can be really valuable as well. Um, so yeah, that's, that's probably the main example. And, and it's the same with women as well. We, women can get into this mindset of, we, we take rejection very personally and we think, oh, you know, all men are the same. I'm going to get treated badly by every man. So, you know, I don't want to give men the bad rep here. <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're two very common things that I see yeah, quite a sure, lot. Yeah, for sure. For mm. sure. So let's talk about this. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to assume at this point, you know, that the guy who's listening to this episode, because they know it's about breakups and and breaking up, they're listening, excuse me, because they're going probably through a breakup right now. Um, And probably my guess is it's someone who got broken up with. You know, I can see a lot of guys listening to this podcast episode being like, oh, I want to listen to this because I'm trying to heal from, you know, a woman dumping me or a woman not liking me or relationship gone sour and it was out of my control. So do you have any tips or something that you can say to that guy? Sure. I think, I think the first thing, which I did briefly touch on before is just to allow yourself to feel what you're feeling, allow yourself to feel the pain, which does sound quite unhelpful. It does sound quite passive actually, but we want to feel better, but actually just by giving ourselves permission to feel bad, to feel angry, to feel hurt, all of those things, it means we're almost preempting it. And so therefore we'll be much better uh, equipped mentally to deal with it. You, you really almost have to treat these emotions that you're feeling like a physical injury. So if you break your arm or your leg, you know that you can't, uh, put pressure on it or run on it. Say it's your broken leg. You know that it has to go through a certain amount of time and there has to be things that happen in order for it to heal. So you almost have to be mindful of that when it comes to your emotions as well. I think for guys, especially looking after your physical health is one that is often neglected. And this is something that you can be very, very proactive in doing. Um, when we're physically strong, we're able to cope so much better with our emotions. Um, there is a real correlation between 
between our physical health and our emotional health. And when we're fueling our bodies with the right things, when we're exercising, we just, we, we tend to deal with things in a much more calmer and logical way. So even if, you know, perhaps that does seem a little bit like, well, I don't really want to give myself a whole lifestyle overhaul. Even if it's just being aware of um, making sure you're eating food that is nutritious, that isn't packed with sugar, that, you know, you're not drinking too much alcohol or, or caffeine, which all of those things can cause our minds to become much more erratic. Therefore, our, our thoughts and our emotions be- can become more erratic as well. Um, especially, some- especially alcohol too. Mm. chime in on that i mean it's like alcohol it's funny you know a lot of people will use it to cope with Mm. really terrible situations such as a breakup and what they don't know or maybe they do but of course they're just not rational and don't really care is that the alcohol is just going to make you more depressed it might be good for that night or that day that you're drinking but the second you uh you you know wake up the next day it's already taken a toll on your body and makes you even more depressed. And then maybe you drink even more because you're feeling even more depressed and you get to this downward spiral where it just kind of all falls apart, right? Yeah, it just goes into a vicious cycle. And I think as well, if if you're going out in this frame of mind already, in this quite negative frame of mind, and you you go out drinking, then you're probably going to do things or say things in a way that you wouldn't normally. And they're probably not going to be the best things for you to be doing or saying. So yeah, you're absolutely right on that. It can lead to a, a real vicious cycle when it comes to alcohol. So I would definitely suggest that, you know, going out for a couple of beers with your friends, that's fine, but just, just be aware of it. Just be mindful of it, of how much you are consuming. Um, I think exercise is a big one as well. You know, just, just making sure that you're, even if it's just going for a walk, you're hitting the gym. I mean, that's a great one. It's a great way to really unleash all of those emotions that you might feel have been pent up, um, doing some weights and and all of that. And that has a, a positive effect on, the testosterone levels as well so yeah and making sure that you're getting or trying to get enough sleep because lack of sleep can you know make us feel crazy <laughs> if if, if oh, that yeah. occurs too too often so I think there are definitely three things when it comes to your physical health that if you can just keep a check on and just be very mindful of focusing on that there that's a great place to start yeah absolutely yeah I think also, it's very important that you have a support network around you. So it only has to be a couple of people, but just spending t- too much time alone and with your own thoughts can really cause us to dwell and ruminate on what's happened. And we, we can then come, come into this um, victim mentality, which isn't helpful at all. So it's this one thing, feeling your feelings and, and like what I said before, and just allowing them to come and go as they will but then it's different when we start really dwelling on what's happened and because that's when when we're spending too much time alone with our thoughts we can create these Chinese whispers in our minds um, and start building it up more and more and more getting even more angry even more hurt even more frustrated so we need to get outside of our own heads sometimes and spend time around people who make us feel good make us feel valued and who can be a positive influence on us, um, especially with your friends, you know, people who, who are going to encourage you to get out and about again, go to new places. Um, and yeah, just kind of get excited about life again, really. So that's quite important. I think another thing is uh, creating new habits and creating new memories. So when we're going over the breakup, especially if we have been 
stumped or finished with, um, we're, we're probably really missing that person. And the tendency is to, you know, to, to want to go to the same places, either to spark up those old memories or in the hope of running into them again. But really what we need to be doing is creating fresh memories for ourselves because the more new stuff you can bring into your life, the more, the easier it is then to start to move on. And not to forget the other person or forget those memories because they will have a place. But right now you need to be creating a lot of new things in your life. Um, so, yeah, make make plans with friends to try out new places, new bars, new restaurants, new daytime stuff. Um, create positive distractions. So because I think if, if nothing changes in your existing life, then the void of the other person not being there will seem even worse. It'll be even more heightened. Um, and then I think, I think my final tip, and this is perhaps if you've come on a little bit, you know, you're perhaps a a few weeks or a month or so into the breakup and you've accepted it. Um, And it's just using it as an opportunity to reevaluate. I think breakups can actually be a catalyst for huge positive change. And particularly how I work with people, that's what I really embrace. That's what I really try and work with people on. Um, Recognizing the opportunity that it does present, even if you're feeling still really, really bad. The only way that you can look at it is to think, okay, well, this has happened. What do I want now? So it's a really good opportunity to take stock of everything else that's going in your life. Um, And think about what you want and need from here. I mean, are there passions or interests that you perhaps lost sight of? when you're in the relationship, because that can often happen, can't it? Where we get in, in a relationship, oh, and we yeah. almost lose sight of all of that great stuff that we did when we weren't in a relationship because we focus so much on the other person and we become, become like a unit and we start to do everything together. And you're just thinking, well, actually, you know, did I used to do things that I really loved that I stopped doing in the relationship gradually, bit by bit? And is that something that I could go back to because that made me happy? It's about doing things that make you feel good. Um, I mean, are you keen to change jobs or, you know, get a promotion or start a business? And do you want to get fit? It's just a really good opportunity to reevaluate all of this bigger stuff that's going on in your life. And, um, and as well, look at your, your core, go back to your core values and your standards, because that's really important before you begin to, I think, even date or go into another relationship. You definitely need to make sure you've got a clear handle on what your values and standards are. What if you are kind of confused with that? And what if you're not sure what those are? Like you're so, you've been so out of touch with that and you're kind of just sitting there and, and you don't really have anything to call back to. And you're just like, hmm, what do I do now? What, you know, what were my core values? What, you know, what can I go back to? What can I create? Do you have any advice for, for anyone who is trying to kind of figure that out? And it's just like, you know, they're just at a blank slate. And then they want to try to create something new. What can they do to to start something like that? Well, I think if you've if you've got no idea about what it is that you want to do to to create new stuff that's going on in your life, you have to think. Well, what is the first thing? Like, putting aside the other person and the relationship for a moment, what is it that I would immediately turn to to do if I had some free time? Um, what did I used to be passionate about? Because most people are passionate about something. It doesn't have to be even anything massively creative, or but but there's there's usually something that really makes you tick. And it, think about well, what did I do? Maybe it was something that you did as a child, or that you remember that you used to do that you used to really enjoy. Whether it was a particular sport, or whether it was some form of music, or reading about something. Um, 
and going back to that. And then if you've, if there's still nothing there, I, I think just kind of thinking, okay, well, what's some cool stuff that I'd really like to try? It's, a, it's almost about being quite selfish and using this time for you to explore all of this, which is, which is a great thing because it, it, it's going to introduce you to new things, which in turn is then probably going to introduce you to new people. Um, so yeah, just have, have, you know, push yourself out of comfort zones. Think about stuff that you'd really like to try or something you'd really like to get good at. That's a good one as well. Okay. What, what do I really want to improve on? Do I want to become a better cook? Great. I'm going to get myself to a cooking class. (laughs) So just something that, um, that is going to enable you to feel like you're growing as a person or something that, you know, is going to make you happy or just know it's going to make you a bit excited. Maybe you, you try something and you, you don't like it, but I'm sure that that experience is going to be more worthwhile for you than sitting at home going over the breakup. What was it for you? What my thing? Yeah. What was it Mm. after your breakup and you're like, you know, when you got back into finding you and wanting to, you know, dive back into what you used to be, what did you, what did you find? Um, I found music was a big one for me. So I come from a very musical background and, um, I, I studied performing arts when I left school and I really, lost sight of that in the relationship. And actually that was nothing to do with my partner at the time. He always really encouraged it, but because I was so focused on making this relationship work when it really wasn't, (laughs) I lost sight of all of that. And so for me, it was going back to, to my music and, and songwriting again and singing and just listening to new music. And that, you know, it kind of relit that fire for me. Um, so that was definitely one thing. And I think, I'm very interested in business and entrepreneurship and um, being a coach as well, everything, you know, in the personal development realm. So I really got back to that. And yeah, so they were two definite things that really helped me get my, my Laura spark <laughs> back again. I love it. That's great. That's fantastic. All right, let's do this. Let's, um, let's turn the tables a little bit. And I now want to talk to maybe the guy who's listening who ended up doing the breakup, right? So he's the one who who broke up with the with the woman. And you know, on the other side, that guy is also going through a lot of pain because he's experiencing a lot of similar things to what the guy who got broken up with is. And that thing is going back into the memories, the good memories, thinking about, you know, what they had and and just trying to cope with the fact that, wow, this person has been in my life for X amount of you know months or years, and now I have to go to this point where they're not there anymore, and I got to go and start on my own. And even though it was a decision for them to break it off because they did that, they still have to do a, a different type of healing in a way. So, have you ever worked with anyone on on that end of the table? Yes, I have, and I mean, actually, that was a very similar situation to me because I was the one who who broke up with with my partner. Um, with the, the breakup oh, okay. I mentioned before. Yes. So, and it, it was an interesting one really, because it was, it was something that I knew had to happen. I really didn't want it to, and it, we fought it and fought it and fought it for quite a long while. And it just come to the point where I knew that, that something had to give and that it had to end, but it, it is a very interesting healing process. And yeah, I mean, I think for, for, the, for the, that guy listening, um, who you just described, I think, if you are, if you're feeling any guilt, 
or anything like that, which can be the case as well. Um, just to really go back to those reasons why you felt that the relationship wasn't working, even when we have we've been the one that has done the, the the breaking up. It can be so easy and so tempting to sometimes want to go back there, particularly if the other person is trying to fight it and that perhaps they're maintaining contact with you a little bit more than what's helpful. Um, and I think you've got to be really, you've got to be really strong in, in the fact that you know why you ended the relationship. And even if you sometimes have to write down all of those points, why it wasn't working and the reasons why you, you had to end the relationship, then, then do that because that can actually be quite a good exercise. It helps give you that clarity again. Um, and I think if you are in that situation where your ex is perhaps contacting you a little bit too much, then you, you, you do have the right to say, look, right now I, I need some space. And with anyone going through a breakup, I do recommend that they, they don't maintain that contact for a period of time because it allows you to get that mental clarity on the true reality of the relationship. And what, often, what's yours? What's your uh, no contact rule? I mean, I don't really have one for a very specific amount of time. I know some people say 30 days or 60 days. I think with the clients I work with, I say take it day by day <laughs> because it can be a real struggle. Um, but I do think, I mean, when I say no contact, I mean, no texting, no emailing. I mean, social media is a huge one, isn't it now? Um, I do think that breaking up was probably a lot easier <laughs> about 15 yeah, years ago and things like can, Facebook uh, and Twitter didn't exist. You can exist. check in on what they're doing. <laughs> you can check like their Twitter, their Instagram, you, their Facebook. Exactly. You know, exactly. It's, yeah. So it's like, yeah. and that is, that's kind of in your control. Like you have to stop yourself from doing mm. that in some but sort of way. it's hard. Very it's really hard. hard, isn't it? I think even if you are the one who's done the who has done the breaking up, it's hard not to think. Oh well, I wonder what he's or she's up to. Um, I wonder if she's you know she's she's doing well without me and <laughs> all of those things. But yeah, so I think being very being very strong about that about cutting off social media and no texting, no emailing and really going cold turkey on it, not doing it bit by bit or just checking in every couple of days to see how they are. Because the, the more that you keep that contact as insignificant as it seems and as, as innocent as it seems, and the more that you, you justify it to yourself, you're still keeping that, it's there's still that emotional contact there. So you've, you've got to be really strong with yourself. Um, and just, just give yourself time and really, like I said before, bring the focus back to you, bring the focus back to what you need now. What do you need? What do you want? And, and really honor that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like that. I like that. That's good. Thank you. So do you have any maybe interesting stories that you can share with us from any clients that you worked with? Of course, we don't have to you know, talk about any details or any names or anything like that, but maybe something you can share, um, almost like a case study of someone who either broke up with someone or got broken up with, and maybe the process that you helped them with. So, so guys can not only understand your coaching process, but they can kind of live vicariously through maybe <laughs> this person and feel good about how you help them and how, you know, as terrible as life seems at this moment for, for this person who's going through the breakup, they can kind of be like, there's a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Sure. Sure. Yes. Now I've got, I mean, I'm still working with him actually. He's, he's a, he's a wonderful guy, great client and he's in his mid twenties and he, 
he sought me out through um through through knowing that I did break up coach and he had just been broken up with by his girlfriend. And actually it wasn't a very long relationship. It was only a couple of months and it had barely gone from dating into a relationship, but it was his first one. And so he really, he was pinning everything on it. And I think uh, that that's definitely why the relationship ended up crumbling because he was putting a lot of pressure on this girl. Um, And so what we worked on, how I worked with him is figuring out what was going on behind there. So why was it that he was so needy towards her? Um, why was it that he was pinning everything on this relationship and that his, his source of happiness was coming from her and being with her and how it, how it transpired was that he was, he was having some real struggles in a lot of other areas within his life. So he, he currently didn't have a job. Um, he, through through no fault of his own really it's just um he wants to be a journalist and it's quite tough to get into that industry so he's um he's struggling with that and he was struggling with some health issues as well he wasn't really feeling good in himself so that's how I started working with him I started working with him on how he could start to feel more confident in himself he was quite awkward in his body he's um he's he's very very tall he's about six foot four and you know usually uh, every guy wants to be that really tall guy but he was just he, he held himself very awkwardly so we really focused on on his physicality and what was going on behind the scenes there why he was why he was so deeply unhappy um, and why he was pinning all his happiness on this relationship. So uh, we worked on, we worked on his mindset. Um, We worked on how he could become more positive. We worked on how he could get, because he wasn't working, we we established that it was still going to be very, very important for him to still have a a good morning routine that's going to kind of get him fired up for the day. And getting him in, in, in a position where he is going to be applying for jobs and he's going to be doing it in the best, best possible frame of mind. So actually this ended up not really being about the breakup at all. Trip. It was much more, there was a lot more going on there. Um, and it also, it, it was also evident that he didn't have a very good social life. So because he was out of work, he didn't have a, a core friendship group. So he was spending a lot of time on his own or he was spending a lot of time with his parents. Um, so there was just nothing, there were, there were no positive distractions. So we looked at ways in which he could start to build up his social circle. Now, this is a very shy man as well. So he does find it quite difficult to um, to build up friendships with people. So we looked at what his interests were, which were films, and rugby. Great. So what could he do within those areas? So we found him some meetup groups um, and he we, we committed him to go into one meetup group per week through doing that. He's now met a few more friends and uh-huh. his social life is now is, is much more vibrant. And now he's because of that, now he's he's kind of got that confidence. He was I was encouraging him to push himself out of his comfort zone bit by bit. You know, it's important that you don't overwhelm people too much, particularly if they are shy and find this stuff difficult. Um, so bit by bit, I would challenge him to do one thing per week that really pushed himself out of his comfort zone. And so from, from just doing that, going to these meetup groups, he's like, actually, you know what? I can do this. I can go out there and try new stuff. And now he's doing all this paddle boarding. <laughs> um, he's doing like lots more sports, which is making him feel much better about himself. It's raising his fitness. Um, and we looked at ways we really 
crafted a secure plan of how he could start to look for work in the journalism field. And now he's going for all these cool internships. And his life is, is really, really turned around. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what you did. You, you literally rebuilt this guy's life. Yeah. But I mean, he did it. He did it. And I think that is the true value of coaching. It, 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 you know, we're here as coaches to not tell people what to do. Um, we're here to just present things in a different way and give them that consistent guidance and that motivation and that little bit of a push as well um, that, that kind of keeps you on track and keeps you, keeps you pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. And that's, that, I think that's the true value of, of coaching. It really does help you get from A to B and get out of that rut. Um, so, yeah, and also we have, I've worked with him a lot on dealing with these um, attitudes that he's had towards women and giving him that female perspective, I think that's what guys really value in a female coach as well, particularly when it comes to you know, dating and relationships. They, they they really like to have that female insight. So, yeah, so that's definitely been a, a, a great success story. What were his attitudes? Oh, you know, all, all women, no women are going to want me. No women are going to like me. It, it wasn't actually, it was more a negative attitude towards himself um, and that he felt that he perhaps had to just settle on anyone that came his way. Right. And he would get very, he'd get, you know, this one eye to see, he'd get, he'd, he'd meet a girl and he'd get so focused on her and it was just her. And he, he halfway through he, the coaching process, he did meet this, this girl and he got very focused on, this was the only girl that he wanted to be with. And I said, well, okay, that's fine. But you know, if you've got, if there's, if you've got other people around you and there's other women around you, then, it, you know, it just kind of takes, takes the pressure off you a little bit. And that, that had a huge impact on him as well. So just not to get too laser focused on one person because the more people that you have around you, the more opportunities you have and the, the less that you will then, if that person perhaps doesn't feel the same about you, then you're not going to take that rejection so harshly because you, you're, it's not riding on everything. I agree. I mean, why do you think people do that too? I always think about that. Why do people have that laser focus like that? You know, what, what, what keeps them so focused on, on just that? I think usually it's, it, it reflects that there is a lack of other stuff going on in their life, um, particularly social stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think that's that's the main reason that I've seen with people. Um, or some people can. It, it's it's more of a a dependency thing. They they get fixated on one person and they feel that they need to be validated by this one person, and then that reflects that there's a lot of insecurities going on within them themselves. So yeah, it's about addressing that. I think as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the thing too. It's a lot a lot of it has to do with validation you mm. know? and if you can't or if you i should say if you seek validation externally that's where a lot of problems arise because then you're, you're mm. kind of not in control anymore and and everything is just kind of can go all over the place oh definitely and i think when it comes to that as well if you're the, the more that you focus on that person and perhaps they're they're making it quite clear that they don't feel the same or that it's, it's not going to go in the way that you, you want it to. When you get so focused on them, you do more and more things that are going to sabotage that even more. <laughs> that can be a pattern that people get into as well. And then that's just, it, it, it's, it's just never going to end well. Right. So you, you do, you lose that control because you haven't got the, the, the confidence or the self-assurance in yourself to know that, okay, well, actually that person 
that person isn't interested, but so what? There's there's lots of other people out there that will be. And I'm really owning that. I'm really, really confident in that. Whereas if you're just focusing on this one person and you're being so outcome dependent that they have to, they have to want you. And if they don't, then it can make you do crazy things. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. why, I mean, that's one of the reasons why this podcast exists, you know, it's, yes. it's to help those, those guys yeah. who are, um, who are seeking that validation externally and, and don't have the true confidence in themselves. And, you know, that's going to be a big part of building yourself up after going through, you know, a devastating time like this. Definitely. And that's, that's a really big part of how I work with people. It's really doing that work from inside and really building up your confidence, building up your self-esteem and rejections are going to happen. It happens in all forms of life, whether it's romantic or just every day and job career stuff. And so the more, the more resilient that you can uh, become to all of that, the, the easier it gets. And so if you do get rejected by this one girl, you, you don't take it so harshly and it, it doesn't knock you so much. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. So let me ask you this. What do you think your best piece of dating advice would be to guys who are, you know, on this journey of, of learning more about how to talk to women, how to attract women? What, what would you say from a female perspective is one of your best pieces of advice? I would say women are interested in men who are interesting. Okay. It's not about looks. It's not about wealth. It's not about social status, but we, we, we're really curious. And if, if, if there are guys out there who they've, you know, they've got, they've got things going on in their life. Um, they're, they're, they're really passionate about something. They're really interested in something that's, that's really attractive. Um, so I think, I think that's a good one. I think to be interested in, you've got to be interesting. Does that I like make that. Sense? That's like yeah. a, I want to quote you on that. Oh, okay. I want to quote you on that. So, what about you? What makes someone interesting to you? What makes someone interesting to me? Yeah. What sticks yeah. out for you personally? I, I think for me, someone who, yeah, someone who is passionate about something. And it doesn't have to be anything huge, but something that, you know what it's like right? when you, when you meet someone and they talk about something and they just light up and that is so attractive. And for me, it's, it's someone, um, I mean, I, you know, I really enjoy talking to, to people about, um, particularly, you know, on other entrepreneurs and I find that really, really interesting, but it doesn't even have to be that it can be, um, whether they're really into some form of literature or a particular author. And also I think it's nice as well if, if people can introduce you to something. So whether it's, it's, if, if it's something that I know absolutely nothing about, I met a guy recently and he was really into these extreme sports, which I mean, I don't have a clue about all of that, but it really made me think, oh, it really made me attracted to him. Um, and it made me think, oh, I really want to try that. He's, he's, you know, he, the, the, the passion that he has for this is so magnetic. I really want to try that. And I really want to try that with him. So it, yeah, I think just, just having a passion for something, having things going on in your life that, um, that are interesting, that make you interesting. I like that. I like that. It's yeah. I, I think what I caught from that is that spark that someone has inside of them, and you see that that yeah. kind of that almost draws you in. Yeah, 
you're like, yeah. wow, you know, I, I almost want to try to break that down. Like, what do you think even about that to you? If you could try to answer, it's a very difficult question, but yeah. what is it about that spark that you're just, that, that draws you in so much? You know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of how I can, how I can unwrap that. Cause it sounds like even it can be even something that you, like you said, you have no idea about. Like you're just like, oh, extreme sports. And you're just like... Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who knows me will say, Laura, she's definitely not into extreme sports. That's not your bag. That's it's not, not my bag, bag you at all, have, no. You just want to be on the couch and have quality conversations with people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm that girl. I'm that girl. I'm the deep and meaningful conversation girl. No, I mean, I really like, I, I really like fitness. So I'm into my gym. I'm into yoga. I'm into dance. Um, so I, I do really enjoy being active. But I think... I think, I mean, in in that case, I think it was just that he was so excited about it and he was doing things every single weekend. And Mm -hmm. he, um, I think it was just his, his, I mean, his face lit up when he spoke about it. He was really animated and he become very relaxed because it was something that he was knowledgeable on. It was something that he was passionate about. So where the date started a little bit, you know, it was a bit shy and a little bit, he didn't quite know what to say. And then when I started asking him about his, his interest that he had revealed in a previous conversation and he just, he become himself. So I think, I think that spark is when you, you become yourself almost, and and you become yourself in the best possible way. You're showing the the best part of yourself. Right. Exactly. And you see, and Mm. and, then you also, you see, you see that authenticity. Like you're really seeing a real true person. And so I think when, when you can be with someone who, who you, you know, is, is being authentic it makes for the connection to that person effortless. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think in dating particularly, there can be a tendency to be to like people please really. So if, if you know, if you're a guy and you, and you know that this, the girl's into, I don't know, like CrossFit, for example, um, you think, oh, well, I, I, you know, I need to tell her that I'm into that. And you, you soon, the girl will soon, soon, it will soon become very evident that he's not really into CrossFit and he's just saying that because he thinks that's what she wants to hear. And then it, it isn't authentic because he's not going to be passionate about that. He's not going to be, it's not going to be something that particularly lights him up or that he's got um, experiences that he can relate back to, to tell her about. I think that's another thing. I think when you're, when you're, when you're being authentic about something and you're passionate about something, you you can relate it back to experiences and you're bringing her into your world. And that's really cool. So authenticity is a big one. Yeah. And that's a big thing too that you just said there is bringing her into your world. Women mm. women like that. I mean, that's that's yeah. really a part of seduction right there. You know, that's a part of, of, of seducing. And, and women want that. They want to be seduced. And that is like a primary example of that. Like, yeah, bring me into your world. Let me see what this is like. I mean, I think guys, you know, we want that too on some level. We, we, we want to br- uh, be brought into your world. But I, I think, I mean, just being a guy that I would be more turned on bringing someone into mine than yeah. kind of going, uh, and being brought into theirs, of course, you'll do that anyways when you get into a relationship. But, but in terms of that that spark right there, that's 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 the, kind of the big idea, you know. I completely agree. Yeah, completely agree. Yes, this has been yeah. great. 
You guys are listening to Laura Yates from, again, lauraYates.org. And she is a a breakup coach, breakup healer. And if you are going through any kind of breakup, whether you've been broken up with, uh, whether you've broken up with the person, obviously, as you've been listening so far, she's the one to help you out on this. And I was speaking to her last week when we were, you know, just kind of meeting and and uh, and catching up with each other, and I told her I don't know anyone else who's doing this. Like I don't know, <laughs> and and I've been in this industry for you know almost five years now, and I rarely have ever come across anyone who's fully into helping people with their breakups. And Laura, I mean, you're the one. You're the one to go to, and I, I fully endorse anyone who wants to work with her and uh, and start that healing process. So, Laura, thanks so much for being here today and giving us some of your amazing tips on on getting over a breakup and and dating and just the female perspective. We really appreciate it. So, thank you so much once again. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate you being here, and yeah, I really hope I really hope that that what I've spoken about helps people. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. So again, Laura Yates can be found at lauraYates.org. I'll put that in the description along with some of her social media links and you can check her out there. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and write a review. Over 18 and want a question answered on the podcast? Email all your questions to trip at tripadvice.com. 